Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27. Let's read it together. I will start for you. Therefore, whoever hears this saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears this saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Please be seated. I want to remind all of you that the person who wrote the Bible is the king of all kings. He created you and he knew everything that is best for your life. He gave the book here as our textbook, the guidance. If we follow what he says, we will be successful. We will be blessed. We will be the head, not the tail. We will be on the top, not at the bottom. I want to encourage members of New Hope International Church. Don't let the word go into your left ear and go out the right ear. And just decorate your brain. Please be a doer of the word. Whatever you learn, do it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will see success in your life in every aspect. Amen. We take serious of the Word of God in our church because we believe that the Word is the foundation. If we know the Word and practice the Word, we will be strong and God will take on our side because we honor Him. When we obey the Word, we honor Him. When we disobey the Word, it means, I don't care, God. How many people take the Word of your boss seriously? Raise your hand up. How many people have boss? Okay, you take the boss word seriously. If you don't, you're in trouble. You can be fired or you will not get promotion. So you need to take the word of the boss seriously. He is the boss of all bosses. Whatever he say, we need to take it seriously. Amen? Today, I would like to finish the keys to make your wife happy. I taught two sessions already, and the teaching about the wife will come later on. Today, I want to finish the three keys of how to make your wife happy. Happy wife, happy life. Unhappy wife, miserable life. Just want to let you know. Let me read this scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 33. And I'm telling you, I'm not a perfect husband either. I still have a long way to go I have many things to improve. I have a lot of things to adjust myself to be a better husband. I'm not telling you that I'm a perfect man, but I'm still growing and learning. And every time I study the Word, it 
convicts me and it helps me to grow more to the next level. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husband ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joy to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. If you are a woman, You may feel that this sermon is not for you. That's okay because at least one day when you have kids, you can teach your son about being a good husband. And at the same time, if your husband has not practiced what the Bible says, you can pray for him instead of nagging on him, praying that he will be changed. And that's what my wife has done to me. She prayed for me, and I'm being changed by the Word of God. So, but if you are a single man and you're not married yet, it's good to know ahead of time so that you will not enter into marriage with a lot of problems and heartaches later on. It's good to know how to be a man of God, to be a godly husband. Protection and prevention is better than having the problem and try to resolve it. That's why we need to get the word of God since we are young. Amen. But if you're a married man. I pray that you will be obedient to the word of God, and you will take this teaching seriously. In the past two sessions, we learned that husband must love his wife. The word "love" in the Bible is unconditional, godly love. Mankind say love when something has done good to him or to her, but the love of God, you do good even though the other side hasn't done good to you. That's why. The Bible says we love our wife just as Christ loved the church. We haven't done anything good to God, but God died for us beforehand. So we need to love our wife that way. The more sacrificial you are, the bigger cross you carry, you are practicing the love of Jesus to your wife. I'm not going to go into detail. Not only that, the Bible says we need to understand our wife. There are a few things we need to study. I have to read neurosurgery journal every month, two journals a month, in order to continue my license. I need to study the Bible because the Bible is the book of life to me. But the third thing I need to study until I leave this world is to study my wife. I need to understand what kind of person she is, what kind of things she likes, what kind of things she doesn't like. I need to study about her all the time to understand her, so that I will not offend her and make her unhappy. Studying about your wife or learning about your wife is a lifetime things. 
Even today, I have been married for how many years now? 35 years. I still make some mistakes sometimes, and I say, "Oops, I learned today that this is what my wife doesn't like at all. So I should stop doing that." Amen. Happy wife, happy life. Another thing that God teaches is to spend time or dwell with our wife. We should not stay away from one another too long. We should always be together, fellowship. Spend time together. You can listen to the CD at the front desk if you can pick it up. Today, we're going to learn three more things how to be a godly husband. I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. I will read from NIV and from NASB. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. As the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. From NASB, the Bible says, You husbands, this is a command, likewise, live with your wife in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman. Weaker, it doesn't mean weaker spiritually, but weaker physically. And grant her honor. The word grant means to aside, to give, to aside to. Honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Another key to make your wife happy is to honor her. Everyone say honor. Or the men say, honor my wife. What does it mean? It means that you treat your wife like a queen. Even though other women are good, but she must be special. You treat her like a queen. In your heart, in your eyes, she is in the position of significance. You make her feel so special to you. She is very special. And you appreciate what she does. Treating her as a special person in your life. Make her feel different. Make her feel like, wow, my husband treats me so well. Open the car for her. Let her go in and sit and close the door. Open the door in the house for her and let her walk in. Usher her to in the new building. When you walk on the street, you walk on the curbside next to the area with the car running so that you can protect her. If you walk across the street, you walk on the side where the car is coming so you protect her. You honor her as the queen of your life. Always think, what can I do to honor my wife with my action, with my words, with my money, with my time? Give her special treatment all the time. Some men, when they date a woman, they open the door of the car and say, please go in and close the door. But after getting married for three years, her hand almost gets snapped on the car door because he doesn't open anymore. He opens it closed very strong. They don't treat their wife with honor anymore. My dear brother and sister, 
treat your wife with honor all the days of your life. Amen. Always do something for her. Pull the chair out for her to sit and push the chair in. Escort her to the place. Help her to do everything. You honor her so much. Let me tell you one thing: No one is perfect on earth. There is no perfect husband, and there is no perfect wife. Your wife may not be perfect, but God commands you, even though she is not perfect, you still need to honor her and treat her so special. Make her feel so special with your word. For example, wow, honey, you are the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life. You call her during the day and say, "I need to call you, even though I'm so busy, because I cannot get you your face away from my mind. I think of you all day. Oh, honey, I loved you so much. Thank you for marrying me. I told Pastor Da all the time. Thank you for marrying me. You can choose many men out there. They look more handsome than me. They more educated than me. But you choose me. Thank you so much." Wow, you still the most beautiful woman in my life. I will never change my mind if I did not get married, and I met you today. I still choose you. I say that to her. I honor her. I want to her to know that she is so special in my heart. Amen. And get that word of honor into her ear, not just one time a year on a regular basis. Be sweet to her with your word. In order to honor your wife, you should also bring some gift unexpectedly. Not just only birthday gift, but maybe you come back from work, and that day you come home and say, "Honey, I have this flower for you. Have a special note for her, special gift to her. Maybe she come to her bedroom and find a note on the pillow and say." I loved you with all my heart. Oh, you're so beautiful. You are so wonderful. She pick up the note, or maybe you can send a text message to her. Oh, I cannot get my mind out of you, even though I'm busy. But you're so beautiful. Send her the text message. Honor her. Amen. Don't use your elbow. Do it, men. Do it. Honor her with your word. Honor her with your gift. When you wake up in the morning and see her, and you say, "Wow!" Even though the curtains is still closed in our bedroom here, but every morning I woke up with the sunshine next to me. You are my sunshine. This morning I told Pastor Da, "It's so wonderful to sleep close to you. So warm, so wonderful." While we were getting dressed to come to church, and I feel it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have Pastor Da as my wife, and I have to express to her, and I need to tell her, "You are so godly. You are such a godly woman. You're so kind. You're so generous. Wow! I am so blessed to marry you. You honor your wife with your words, with your gift, and sometimes you need to honor your wife with time." And I learned that lesson. You know, I have two jobs. Lately, God convicts me, and God really corrects me—not just convicts me, corrects me. I because I have two jobs. 
medical job which is very demanding all day long, all day I listen to all the complaint of patient come in, everybody complain about something. I listen to complain all day long and have to find a solution for them. And then I have to come home and prepare the sermon for the camp, for the church, give counseling, thinking about how we're going to train people all day long, all the thing about medical and the church in my mind. So I forget that I should honor my wife with my time. So lately I repented. I repented. And I come home on Monday. Last Monday I say, Da, let's go out to eat sushi together. Just two of, two of us. In other words, dating. Don't stop dating after you get married. Especially when your kids grow up, 17 years old, he can take care of your little kid. And you go out together. You don't need to eat expensive food. You just go out and spend time together. But what happened on Monday, last Monday, is that we have something come up and we cannot go out to eat sushi. So by Wednesday, I said, Da, let's go out to walk at the Kirkland Beach together. Wow. Pastor Da was so happy. Because we're going to go out there and walk. We walk in the Kirkland Beach for an hour and talk and have good time. You need to honor your wife. You don't need to have a very expensive car. You just have a regular car, but say, come along with me. Let's go out and spend time together. Why don't you sit? I will drive for you. You're going to have good time with me. Amen? Do things unpredictably, and your wife will love it. So honor her with your love notes with a gift, with a phone call, with your word, with the way you treat her action. Do everything. When you eat steak in your house, give her the best piece of steak. Let her pick the best one. And you say, the rest I will take care. I will eat that piece. Honor your wife. Set the day for the date. And ask her to come along in the drive. My dear brother and sister, I know that many men in this room are working very hard to plan. Some of you try to uh, register for a pattern of your work. Like for me, I always make plans for the church. I think about what can I improve this church. Last night, I was convicted by God that we should have more training for the members, maybe training in evangelism, training in healing training of worship, by having classes to train children program, how we can train the workers in the children program. I was thinking and thinking. I was thinking about my patient. If I operate on this person, how are we going to cut in? How are we going to cut that part out? How are we going to do the best job? Always thinking and planning for the job. My dear brother and sister, your wife is more important than your job. Therefore, besides spending time in planning your work, why don't you spend time planning how to make your wife happy too? You have to think and plan. Don't take her for granted. Plan what to do to make your wife happy. I heard about a story of a couple. The first year of marriage, you know, this lady, this wife, always caught a cold every year. And the first year of marriage, when the wife starts to cough and have running nose, the man says, Oh, honey, I feel bad for you. Let me drive you to see the doctor. The second year, she caught a cold again. The husband say, Oh, honey, I feel so bad for you. This is a number for the doctor. Why don't you make a call? The third year, she caught a cold again. 
and the husband say, "I feel so bad for you, but please don't cough too strong, because our baby already went to sleep, and the medication is in the kitchen. Go and get it." The fourth year, the lady caught a cold again, and the husband say, "Honey, it's annoying. I'm gonna sleep outside." And by the fifth year, don't get close to me because you're g o i n g to give me a pneumonia. I get a call from you. Please stay away from me. You see, that's how men take their wife for granted and start to decrease the level of honor to the wife. Please keep that honor until the last day of your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Honoring does not mean that you need to agree with her in everything. It does not mean that she always get everything her way. Honoring doesn't mean you allow her to control you. You honor her, but you need to be the leader, the man of God. To honor mean like this, honey. We need to make a big decision here. We're gonna have to do something in this situation. Can I receive your opinion? Can you share with me what God speak to you? I like to listen to you. Honoring means listening and receive the information and willing to receive her opinions. But after you receive the opinion, you say, "You know, I'm gonna pray too. I will make the right decision by receiving your information, your opinion." And also, I will listen to God, and I make sure, I guarantee, the decision will be for your interest, not my interest. I guarantee you, the decision will not harm you, but only to bless you. That is honoring. Honoring, receive the information and opinion, listen and pray about it, but at the same time, you still lead and make the final decision. For the sake and the benefit of your wife and the whole family, great leader lay down their life to the followers. Every decision they make will be for the benefit of the followers. Amen. Many times in my house, when I have to make any decision, I will always consult with Pasada and ask her for her opinion. And I'm willing to yield if her opinion is better than me. I say, okay, I think you are right. I'm going to change my think, change my way now. But sometimes I stand on it. I say, "Da, I believe that what I make decision is better, because the Lord told me to do so." And Pastor Da say, "Amen. Go for it. You are the leader." So honoring means you are willing to open your ears to listen. Many husband think that, "Wow, I don't want to go home because I hear all the nags, all the complaints. I want to stay away from home." I want to give you the antidote of the nagging. If you don't want your wife to be nagging, you need to make her happy. When people's needs are not met, they will start to talk, and it's good that they talk because then you know you need to correct something. If they keep quiet, it's dangerous. Amen. So the key of stopping the nagging in the house is to honor your wife and treat her. Like a queen, when you treat her like a queen, you will be like the king. 
Amen. How many men in this room promise you're going to honor your wife with your word, your gift, your notes, your action? Raise your hand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number two, the second key for today. First Peter three seven. Husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heir together of the grace of life. Oh, let me share with you one thing. I forget to say this. You need to look at your wife, who is a believer, as your co-heir with Christ. You both are children of God. You notice one thing when you treat brother and sister in the church, you treat with respect. Because you consider that they are a child of God. If you abuse a child of God, you touch God himself. You remember Jesus say to Paul on the road to Damascus, he said, why you are persecuting me? You're kicking against the goat. You're hurting yourself. So Jesus identified himself with his children, with his disciples. If you hurt his disciples, you hurt him. You remember Jesus said, when you do this thing to the least of the people of mine, you do it for me. You need to look at your wife as your spiritual sister, the weaker vessel. And treat her with honor and respect because when you do that to her, you do it to Jesus as well. She is your co-heir in the gracious gift of God. She is your sister too, not just your wife. Amen? The Bible continues to say that your prayers may not be hindered. My dear brother and sister, God should be the center of your home. If you can develop strong spiritual relationship between you and your wife, your marriage relationship will be very strong. How are you going to build that spiritual relationship? Yes, you read the Bible. You share what you learn in the Bible. Pastor Dan, I always share what she learned from the Bible, and she shared with me. I share with her. We talk about the Word of God in the house, and not only that, we should sit down and pray together. God is a center. You pray together as husband and wife. In the eyes of God, husband and wife, are one flesh. So when you pray together, it's so powerful. He doesn't look at husband and wife as two person. One person, one flesh. When you join together in unity and you pray and ask God, you move the power from heaven, God will start to do something for you and answer your prayer. Very powerful. When husband and wife pray together, Joy together in unity. The Bible say in Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 to 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. When your wife asks you, can we sit down and pray? Don't turn her down. When your husband asks you, woman, can I pray with you? Don't turn him down. You should set up a time every day to sit down and pray together. And I and Pastor Da promised each other already that we're going to do that every single day. We're going to sit down together and pray for our kids, grandkids, our members, our pastor, pray for the church, for the kingdom of God. We want to pray together, and we're going to see a lot of breakthrough 
and answer from heaven. The Bible says your prayers may not be hindered if you become one with your wife physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Husband, you are the thermostat. Men, you are the thermostat. You set the temperature in your home, the spiritual temperature. If you look warm and you treat God without respect, your wife and your kids will suffer. Your wife is a thermometer. She will sense the temperature in the home from the husband. If the husband is on fire, the husband is godly, love God, follow God, obey God. The whole atmosphere in the house will be on fire. Will love God and fear God. Amen. Husband, you set the temperature. You are the thermostat in the house. You are the leader. You need to set that temperature. Being on fire for God. God will bless you and your marriage. At the end of your life, your wife should be able to say, "Oh, honey, I hope." I can get younger again, so that I can live with you longer. Your wife should have so much fun in the house because of you, that you are the godly man and set the good temperature in your home, and you honor her. Your wife should not think when he gonna die, when he gonna leave this world. <laughs> I remember I talked to the nurses in the hospital while performing surgery. And we were talking about marriage relationship. The nurse practitioner told me that she talked to her parents. Her parents, are, I believe, are believers too. They were telling her that many years ago, the wife was thinking, "What can I do to kill him so that he dies soon?" But later on, the husband repented, and the marriage get better. Sometimes, when the marriage get into trouble, people think that way. How can I get rid of him? Because he torture me, he doesn't honor me. My dear brother, sister, as a doctor, I notice that a few things in life that torture human being. Number one, sickness. That's why I love to fight for my patients. Sickness is very bad. That's why Jesus came and shed his blood on the cross to heal the sick. Number two, that torture human being is poverty. No money to spend, no money to pay bill. Very torturing. And number three, bad marriage. If you have bad marriage, that is torturing. Inside, that's why we need to work very hard to build good marriage by the principle of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's look at the third key. Let me read this scripture before I look at the third key. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. Proverb eighteen twenty two. All the men read with me right now. One, two, three. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. All the men who sit next to your wife turn to her and say, "You are a good thing." Look at her eyes. Please look at her eyes. Look at her eyes. Look at her eyes right now. You are a good thing. Amen. Praise God. The third one that God wants us to do as husband to make your wife happy. Ephesians five twenty three. For a husband is the head of his wife, 
and as Christ is the head of the church, He is the savior of His body, the church. Wife need good godly leadership. We need to be good leader in the house. Many wives are frustrated because the husband never leads his home. He lays back. Quesala, sela, whatever will be, will be. Every Sunday morning, the wife has to wake him up. When are you going to go to church? When are you going to go to church? Wake up! This is almost 10. Actually, the husband should be the one who wake up first and get going to go to church. When are you going to pray? No, I'm too busy. You need to lead your wife in the spiritual thing. You need to lead your wife to meet God, meet your family to meet God. Lead your wife. When we talk about leaders, a lot of people misunderstand. Leadership is not domination. You don't dominate your wife, but you lead. What does it mean to lead? It means that you are the initiator. You initiate. You initiate the spiritual walk. Initiate Bible study, prayer time, going to church, serving God. You tell your wife, let's serve God together. Initiate the right thing. Not to dominate, to control, to force, to put pressure, to condemn. That's how Jesus leads us. Do you notice that Jesus initiates his leadership? He say, all of you are sinners, I initiate to help you by coming into the world to die for you. He initiated his love. He t- took action before we take action. He initiated his leadership by dying for all of us. In the same way, we should initiate to show what is the right way to do things to our wife, to our kids. When you talk to God, what should I do? He will not say, I don't know. When you ask God, where should I go? I don't know. I don't care. You make your own decision. He leads you. He helps you. He even sometimes tells you before you ask him. He is the initiator. He's a good leader. And there are three ways that you can lead your wife. Number one, lead your wife spiritually. I remember when I got saved on one Friday night in Bangkok. I got saved that day. At that time, and Pastor Dad did not go to church because uh, I was not a believer. I got saved on Friday evening. On Sunday, I woke up and I said, Da, let's go to church. Find a good church now. From now on, I will never stop going to church. I lead her. And she followed. Let's go to church. We all get dressed up and drove to an evangelical church in Bangkok. And since that day, we never miss church. We always go to church. I lead my family, lead spiritually, lead to prayer. Let's pray together. Let's serve God together. What we can do to serve the Lord. How are we going to grow? I, when we got into the file of God in 1987, I told Pastor Dad, let's fly to Florida. Let's go and learn about the file of God. We, we flew there. We stayed in a hotel for seven days and pressed in and pressed in to learn more about the file of God. I led her to see the Holy Spirit, to know about the Holy Spirit. You lead your family to meet God. Number two, 
as husband, you need to lead your wife in the area of parenting. A lot of husbands are laid back. Okay, you discipline your kids. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm too busy. My dear brother, sister, you have two jobs, the job at work and the job at home. One of your jobs is to be parents, and you need to help your wife to discipline, to correct, to speak to your kids. Many times when my wife talks to my children about certain things and they don't listen, she will come to me and say, Honey, I think now it's your turn. You need to take care. So I sit down with them and I speak to them. One, two, three, four. This is what I expect from you. So we need to help each other in the area of parenting. Don't throw the, all the responsibility to your wife to spank them, to talk to them, or to educate them. You need to be involved in their activities. What are they doing? What kind of friend they associate with? Are they associated with friends who drink alcohol, take drugs or not? You need to know as daddy, as the husband. You need to get involved with their schooling. Know what's going on. Help them. Lead them in the parenting area. Number three, you need to lead in the area of meeting her needs. You look at her and say, what do you need? I will initiate that need for you. And that is called romance. Romance means initiate, meeting the need of your wife. Amen? What you like? What kind of gift you like? I will buy for you. In order to do this correctly, you need to have a, we call kingdom-oriented budget. Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God first. Because in order to meet somebody's need, you need money to spend. You need to come up with a budget, God's kingdom-oriented budget. For example, your wife may come to you and say, Wow, honey, I like that diamond ring so much. Can you buy for me? Or maybe she doesn't say that, can you buy for me? She may just look at it and keep looking at it and you stand with her in the shopping mall. You know right away she likes it. You start to say, Honey, you know, I really like to buy this for you. It will look so good on you. This diamond ring. Oh, I love to buy for you. But... Let me ask Mr. Budget. His name is Mr. Budget. You turn around and look at the budget, and you turn back to her, Honey, I'm sorry. I really like to buy this for you, but uh, Mr. Budget told me no. Could you blame Mr. Budget? Don't blame me. Mr. Budget, okay? So you need to have a budget. Otherwise, don't spend money emotionally. Because you like something, you spend. Then your credit card debt is going to keep going up. I remember when I and Pastor Da moved into a house on Saberwood in Kirkland. I just graduated from neurosurgery training. So we need to move to east side and move into the house. I just pay my mortgage. I just got very small salary because I started the practice. We did not buy any furniture for two years. Because I did not have a budget to buy. We slept on the floor. We have the house first. We slept on the floor. And Pastor Da understand Mr. Budget say no to buy nice furniture in that generation. And thank God, I think maybe also because I obey God, God knew. Two years later, that house burned down. 
really burned out. Why we were in the church? Because there was some electrical shortage in the house, and the whole house gone. So we have to move to another house. We sold it to the builder, and they rebuilt that house. We got the money out, pay off the mortgage, and we built another house. And I was thinking, thank God I did not buy the furniture. I will lose not only the house but the furniture as well. So you see, God saved us because we have the budget. We did not overspend. In order to show romance to your wife, you need to come up with budget because romance take money to do. Buy her a ring, a car, a house, or maybe take her to vacation, nice dinner, whatever you can do to make her feel so special. Lead her in that direction. Don't wait until she asks you ten times. You do it. You initiate it. You are the initiator. You are the leader to show love to your wife. Amen. Happy wife, happy life. I'm gonna keep reminding you. Happy wife, happy life. It's easy to get married. It's easy to fall in love and walk palm 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 palm. But it's not easy to stay in marriage. We need to do something. If you want your marriage to work, you need to work on it. Let me repeat one more time. If you want your marriage to work, you must work on it. Don't ignore it. Don't take it for granted. You need to keep putting money into the bank account of your relationship. Don't keep drawing out, and then your marriage gonna fall, and you're gonna get divorced and have big problem. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Da, you have anything to add? I would like to add. I am so thankful to Pastor Lau because he tried to improve. <laughs> It's important because Pastor Lau has two jobs, and both jobs are pretty heavy-duty job. For a long time, all these things that he mentioned, like dating, you know, doing special things, are not in our family. Especially Pastor Lau is busy. But lately, I really see that he improved. He tried to build up the house. We need to build up. The house. Both myself and Pastor Lau, we both have to improve. We cannot stay still at mm. the same place. Amen. When he improves, then I feel better. Mm. Bitterness gone, melt very fast. <laughs> when you see your husband improve, so when he improve, I feel that we have hope mm. and we have a chance to be better. So I really encourage all of us, both husband and wife. To keep improving, mm. we, we need to improve our relationship. Just like you know, you have a house. It cannot be that all of a sudden your house is beautiful. You need to build it, pay attention to it, and think about how to move the furniture and how to make it better. Mm. And I think it's important. Do not take it for granted with your spouses. Mm. And last week in the Thai service, I was sitting there and Pastor Lau was laying 
hand on the people. I was looking at him, and I was thinking that I cannot love other person except him. <laughs> I really think that way. I really wish that all the husband and wife will think the way I was thinking on that day. I have been thinking like that, but on that day, I was looking at him, laying hand on people, was serving the Lord, and I look at him, and I think he's very handsome. <laughs> Thank you. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I also think that I cannot love anyone else but him. Yeah, and um, I really pray, and Pastor and I do pay attention to. The welfare of the families in the church, you know, we pray for the families and we try to find ways to help the family improve. We are thinking about having the class first of all to teach the family to know the word of God. For those who know that they are going to get married, you know, come for the pre-marriage counseling, or the one who already have good marriage can come for enrichment. And know the word of God more. The families that are in trouble in marriage, please come to listen to the word of God. I believe in the power of the word of God. That the power of God will be able to um, renew our mind, renew our thinking. We can think in a different way when the word of God come into our heart. I want all the families to know that we love you so much, and we we have you in our heart all the time. Amen. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much, and Pastor and I really wish every family will be a successful, happy families. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Praise yeah. God. Die to yourself and grow up. The key is to be mature. Men, you need to be mature so that you can build a family. You cannot build a good family if you are. Like a little kid all the time, like to play, no responsibility. You you don't want to take any responsibility. You're just having good time. Kids cannot build a family. You have to be mature man. You need to change and learn and repent and move so that you can be a better husband. Amen. So that is very important. I will come back with the teaching about wife very soon, so that it will be fair on both sides. You're gonna learn about how to make your husband happy too. You need to learn that. But men have to promise God that you're gonna initiate to do the right thing, to grow up and make a determination. I came from a very broken home. I really had bad experience in my parents' family. Very bad, broken home. My dad and my mom did not talk to each other for a long time. They both have other relationship. Both of them, but they did not divorce because it's a Asian Chinese culture. No divorce in Asia that generation. Look pretty bad if you divorce. So they just stick together, but they have another relationship. Both of them. I'm not looking down on them because they were not believers. They did not know God. But then later on, both of them were saved. Thank God. Both of them accepted Jesus Christ, and at that time they reconciled to each other. Anyway, when I was growing up as a young man. I make a promise to God: I will not let this happen in my home. I'm going to be a godly man. I'm going to be a godly husband. I will be a godly dad, and my kids will not have to repeat the same thing that I face. I'm going to have a beautiful home, nice family. My kids are going to love God. I make a determination. 
That's why I'm willing to change every day. Whatever I need to change, I will, I'm happy to change. I don't want to, the same history to happen again to my next generation. And thank God, my kids are blessed now. Have good family, loving family, because the dad or the husband make a decision to set the new legacy, new tone, new level of blessing for the new generation. Leave a legacy to the new generation. Amen. It's your own determination, men. You need to make that determination and promise God you're gonna do it. Improve. Please get that CD and listen again. I learned one thing: we tend to forget. You listen and then you start to kind of go down, let loose again. You listen, stir you up. Okay, I'm gonna love my wife more. I'm gonna do this more. You keep listening to the word to remind yourself. And to stir yourself up to do the right thing again and again, the way God teaches the education from heaven, one thing is the process of repetition, again and again and again. We repeat again and again until we get it. So listening, reading the Bible, and then you will grow, you will learn. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people promise you're going to be a doer of the word? Amen. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that you teach us today how to build a godly marriage, godly family. We receive your mandate, your command from heaven to honor one another in the family, to pray together, to be a leading husband. Lead people, lead the family members to the right way. Father, help all the men who listen to this teaching to grow up, to become a man of God. And we don't want to see any curse of broken family in any Christian family on earth here, Father. We want to be called blessed by the nation. Therefore, the blessing will come into the marriage relationship as well. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have something to do, you can leave. But if you want me to pray for you, I want you to understand one thing: in the ministry of Jesus Christ, He did not just teach, preach, and go home. He lay hand. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He ministered. He blessed the children. He touched them. Jesus has a touching ministry. And laying on of hand is one of the foundation in the church that God used the leader to bless people. You may have some bondage in your life. You may have some sickness in your life, or something that really caused you not to move forward. But by the power of the Holy Spirit and the laying on of hand, something is breaking on the inside, and you can move forward. So I believe that as a pastor, if I don't lay hand, I am hindering your blessing. This is not just come to church to pay tithe and have a religious ceremony. We want you to change. We want to see you progress to the next level. So I will spend some time to bless you and lay hand and pray for you. 
Some of you, if you don't like to stand, you can sit in this corner. If you love to stand, this corner we will lay hand on people who stand. You can choose whatever you want. You want to sit down, I lay hand on that side. You want to stand on this side. People receive the Holy Spirit in a different way. So we will give you options. And but if you need to leave, please um, fellowship outside. Honor the Holy Spirit in this room. Don't chit chat or try to make noise because we want to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit and what He is doing with people. Amen. So we trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.